I'm in the prime of life, says me, far as I be knowin'. Having time to snack around in comfort all the year. So when we get a little time before our boat gets going, we head on down to the library and this is what we hear. Come, Come on, on and look all around, around. There's, there's plenty forward to see. Make your own self right upon my love, the library. Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. That was Alec and Nicole McMurrin singing I Love My Library, a song that they created special for us. I am Kari Peterson, and on today's show, we have more favorite reads from 2020. On today's show, we'll have book reviews from Lizzie Thompson, Chelsea Tremblay, and Sally Dwyer. And we're going to start now with Lizzie Thompson. There are a couple of young reader historic fiction novels that I love by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. The War That Saved My Life is the first one, and it's a Newbery honor book. In it, we meet 10-year-old Ada, a girl born in London with a club foot. Ada's mom is so ashamed of her disfigured daughter that she never lets her leave their flat. But when the children are evacuated from London during the World War II, Ada takes the chance to escape. She and her brother land with a woman who is forced into taking them on. So this is Ada's first opportunity to get out in the world and have a life. And the treatment of 
the different topics of shame and getting to know a stranger are really beautifully handled. The fly jacket says, set during one of the most explosive periods in world history, this amazing story is equal parts adventure and a moving tale of family, identity, and the fire of self-worth that can, when fed, burn brightly in all of us. The second book, the sequel, picks up right where the first one left off, and it's called The War I Finally Won. And it goes more deeply into the effects of her mother's terrible treatment of her and how she learns to care about herself and to find her self-worth. It also takes on anti-Semitism and has uh, quite a few characters in it that are were important to winning World War II. So I can highly recommend both those books to both adults and kids. The War That Saved My Life and The War I Finally Won by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. Hi, this is Chelsea Tremblay. I'm excited to talk about books with you. It was fun having Kari ask me to give my favorites. It was also quite a challenge. I read between 60 and 90 books a year, depending on the books, my life, what else is going on in the world. And so narrowing it down proved a struggle, but I brought it down to a few. And I think the first one that immediately came to mind for me was a rather epic history that I'm just, I'll never not recommend it. It's called Frederick Douglass, Prophet of Freedom by David W. Blight. And so Blight is with Yale University and his first book on Frederick Douglass came out in 1989. And this one came out just a few years ago. So really his entire history of his entire professional career was spent in part on the life and times of Frederick Douglass. So we're talking writings, speeches, articles, artifacts, just immensely deep dive into the life of a truly remarkable American who shaped us into the country that we are today. Douglass was an orator. He was one of the most widely heard speakers of the entire time period, both in the country as well as he traveled internationally to speak on um, his life, which was absolutely remarkable. He was born a slave, escaped to freedom through a combination of a lot of hard work, a lot of really good luck, and a team, a wide network of people there to do exactly that, which was to help people to freedom. Douglas imagined... Douglas told his story. He told his story to us. And it's just so remarkable to be immersed in the readings and writings of a brilliant person who imagined what freedom looks like when you yourself have to negotiate your own purchase or your own freedom from another individual who would consider themselves your owner. What it means to be a part of a country that would rather fight a war than give other people their freedom. So it's really detailed and it is rather epic. It's over 700 pages, 
but you learn a lot about who he meets, the intricacies of the time period, how absolutely nothing can be taken for granted as far as how we understand history. If certain factors had been different, if certain people hadn't met, if certain collaborations hadn't gone the way they did, what kind of a country would we be? And it ends when Frederick Douglass dies in 1895. By that point, the official institution of slavery has been abolished, but um, the motivation for keeping millions of people in violent bondage to extract labor from them basically finds new ways to get incorporated into the American system. And it's done with violence. It's done with force. It's done with manipulation of institutions. And he lives to see all of that. And it's quite remarkable to imagine what it would be like to spend your whole life fighting for something only to see it shift forms. And he understood this better than probably any other thinker, any other great thinker of American life. But it's also, it's very inspiring to me and it makes me understand history of this country in a way that not much else can really besides a really good history analysis. And it's very moving because I think of when he died, 1895, just 30 years later, my great-grandmother immigrated from Barbados to New York City. And I think a lot about what kind of a country we would have had for her if not for people like Frederick Douglass, who spent their entire life trying to make this a better place for everybody. And it's just, it's very moving. And um, so Frederick Douglass, Prophet of Freedom by David W. Blight was just a revelation that I can't say enough of. Again, over 700 pages. So not everybody wants to dive into something that deep. Um, but also when I read something like that, I tend to have other lighter fare around me just to um, keep motivation up and <laughs> not get too, um, too in the weeds with it. Um, and so a book of poetry that I really enjoyed recently was called The First Free Women. This edition was put together by Maddie Weingast. It's called the Therigatha, Verses of the Elder Nuns, and these were written around the Buddha's lifetime, poems by the first Buddhist women who told us about their lives, told us about their path to enlightenment, and it's just a really nice moment to sit and pause, and something that's also really lovely about poetry is the books themselves tend to be physically small, so they're good for pockets or purses or even leaving behind in a car, maybe in the side folder and a way to kind of collect yourself and kind of enjoy your own mind in a way that maybe scrolling on your phone while you're also killing time wouldn't necessarily do. So poetry is lovely for that. In the world of science fiction, there's a relatively new series that I'm very excited about by Rebecca Roanhorse. It's called the Sixth World series. And the first one is called Trail of Lightning. And um, they're just very exciting, very fun. It's, I enjoy the worlds of magic and exploration to get you thinking about things kind of in different ways. So Rebecca Roanhorse is good for an adventure. In the world of fiction, one of my favorite authors reliably is Emily St. John Mendel. 
And her the first one she wrote that really stuck with me was Station Eleven, which might be a little intense to read right now. It is about a post-world, post-flu pandemic world. So maybe put that one away for a while. But um, her newest one, The Glass Hotel, was um, very beautiful. And I would recommend that one um, as well. And then finally, um, I enjoy reading a good romance. There's, to me, nothing more fun than the happily ever after story arc where the stakes are relatively low, people end up happy, and there's ups and downs and twists and turns, but um, I enjoy the depth of emotion that the characters can display and to me a good one lets you into the minds of both individuals in a way that you just remember how complicated people and love can be and a new author on the field is Evie Dunmore that I really recommend Um, but there's there's a lot out there and I also read a lot of memoir I enjoy seeing inside somebody else's life for a short window as much as they let me. So the book of essays by Ross Gay called The Book of Delights, he just wrote down something that delighted him every day for a year. And it was a really great reminder to find something every day. And there is always something, even when you're having a tough one, Um, was just really nice. And his writing was really quite beautiful. So that one was really fun, too. Other memoirs that have really stuck with me this year, Know My Name by Chanel Miller and Heavy by Keith Lehman, two people with very different lives and very different perspectives to offer, but also those who have gone through something that I could never imagine, and they are gracious enough to let us into their world, and that's something to be grateful for. Finally, in the world of graphic novel, I don't read that many, but the ones that I do tend to have a good dose of whimsy and existentialism. So Johnny's Sons, Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien 2, is about an alien who comes to Earth and thinks every single thing that he meets, a rock, a tree, a bird, is a human, and he's trying to understand the differences between us, and then he's also coming to understand what it means to be alone in the world as we are all as beings in this universe alone, except that we're all in it together. And I don't think I can really describe it except that it's delightful. And I, anything that brings whimsy to me is just a delight. Hi, if you're just joining us, welcome to Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson. Today we are um, doing more favorite reads from 2020 and hearing from avid readers around Petersburg of their favorite reads. And we have heard from Lizzie Thompson and Chelsea Tremblay, and now we're going to hear from Sally Dwyer. Petersburg. This is Sally Dwyer, another avid reader of Petersburg. I was born here in 1954, and when I went to school in kindergarten in 1959-60, 
None of us kids read, not like these amazing children today. I know one of my grandnieces was reading at four, kind of taught herself. We mostly had to wait until first grade in Mrs. Strand or Mrs. Smith's first grade. I was lucky to be in Mrs. Smith's first grade, and she imbued in me an absolute love of reading that has lasted all my life. It's the first time I'd really seen anything like a library in a schoolroom was in her classroom. I used to borrow books like The Littlest Ballerina, The Giant Golden Book, and take it home. It was just a wonderful, wonderful way to start your reading experience was with Mrs. Smith. Today I'm here to talk to you about some of my favorite books. I have a kind of a funny way of reading. I really like to read series, and I'm really hooked on World War II or anything kind of thriller or mystery. Nothing too foo-foo, nothing that really... Uh, makes me use my brain to think too hard about things. So, I'll just tell you a few of my favorites and why, and how you too could enjoy some series book reading. There's usually between, I don't know, five or six and 35 in the series, which really kind of leads you because once you do the first one, you know you're gonna read number two, you're gonna read number three, blah, 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 and it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that kind of no brain reading. So today I'm going to talk about a little bit about the Mulberry Lane series by Rosie Clark. It's women in London during World War II when all the men mostly have gone off to war that were able and fit and how the women and the families dealt with it. There are seven books in the series starting with The Girls of Mulberry Lane and it's written by Annie Groves, excuse me, Rosie Clark. I really enjoyed the series. This is my second time reading it. I'm in the middle of it right now. Then we've got um, a few by Annie Groves that I really like. The Article Row book, starting with London Bells, is a real favorite. And the District Nurse books, starting with The Nurses of Victory Walk, was also a real favorite. There's a bunch in that series. And then one that's not a World War II in England, but it is kind of all over Europe, is the Alex Kovacs series by Richard Wake. And this is um, a really interesting series about a young Czechoslovakian man that's living in Austria when the Anschluss hits and how he becomes um, a spy in France and the agony and the horrible times he had living in France during the occupation by the Nazis. And there are six books in that series. Then one of the longest series that I've read is by Diana Zarissa Dunn. And her books are called Aunt Bessie on the Isle of Man. And there's over 30 books in that selection series. I love it. I'm about ready to read it again because it's been about two years since I read all 30 books. And she's added four more since I finished reading it last time. So it starts out with Aunt Bessie Assumes and then runs kind of through the alphabet, you know, sort of like um, Sue Grafton did with, you know, with Kinsey. Okay, she also wrote the um, Isle of Man Ghostly Cozy Books, and there are about 15 in that series, and it's about a young woman from America that inherits her aunt's property on the Isle of Man in the middle of the Irish Sea. And the the whole premise of the story is her aunt's ghost still comes to visit and give her advice. It's 
So it's a lot of fun to read. Like I said, nothing too brainy, just lots of good entertainment. She also wrote the Agatha Raisin series, and there are over 30 in that series. This is kind of a arrogant, vain, late 50s woman who still has great legs and loves to wear high heels, and she and her crew solve mysteries. And she has a little detective agency out in the sticks in England. And again, it's nothing that will break your brain. It's just a lot of fun reading. Agatha is quite a character. One I've recently started reading is another one. It's another author that was new to me this last year, the end of 2020. It's Peter Rizzoli, and he writes historically-based Navy fiction. He's a retired U.S. Navy officer and a cryptology specialist, and he's quite a character, but his, his guy that he writes about is Tony Romello. And there are six books in the Tony Romello series, including one called Assignment Norway, which I found fascinating. And it starts out with um, Assignment Casablanca and ends with Assignment Pinamunde. And I recommend those highly. Those are adventuresome, full of good information. And again, you know, back and forth to London and different places in Europe during World War II. L.J. Ross has written quite a few books in the DCI Ryan series. There's about 15 in that series, starting out with Holy Island and ending with Cuthbert's Way, which was just published in, I believe, December, which I have read. Excellent books. It's about um, a de detective in Northumberland, England, and his family and interests and a little bit of um, mysticism in it, but not bad. Mrs. Paulson, my neighbor, a librarian extraordinaire has recommended Hugo Marston books to me and they are a wonderful series by Mark Pryor. Hugo is a former special agent of the FBI working as a profiler and he later became the head of security at the US Embassy in Paris and it's all his interesting adventures he has while he's in Paris working there. Tamara File recommended The Dublin Murder Squad by Tana French to me. There are six books in the series starting out with In the Woods and The Trespasser. These are gritty, kind of salt-of-the-earth kind of people, and they're not very nice to each other when they kill each other, but it's very interesting reading. I enjoyed it immensely. Then Kate Ellis is a author born in Liverpool and went to school in the city of Manchester where she studied drama. Well, she's written about 30 books in the Wesley Peterson series. Wes is a detective in northern England. He's kind of living outside of where he was raised. He feels a little bit like a fish out of water. But it starts with the merchant's house and ends with the burial circle. And those are wonderful books. He is a young black man that works his way up a full detective and has a family and problems all throughout. I really enjoyed this series and I was sorry when it was finished. Another series of books that was recommended to me by Mrs. Paulson, librarian extraordinaire and neighbor, is Martin Walker's books on Bruno, chief of police. Um, he's a chief of police in Dordogne, France, and there are, I don't know, maybe 12 books, something like that that were in the series. I've read all of them. And I'll tell you, if I ever run across Bruno in real life, I'm bringing him home to Petersburg because he's a pretty special guy. He's a well-developed character. The last series 
that I read, well actually it's not the last, it's the second to the last series, is one of my absolute favorites. It's the Fire and Ice series written by Michael Ridpath. And there are five novels and two novellas in the Magnus, they call the Magnus Johnson series. It's about a young man who was raised, born in Iceland, raised in Boston, where his dad was an MIT lecturer, and became a detective with the Boston Police Department, but was sent back to Iceland on loan because of some problems with drug king, king kings and nasty stuff happening. But it's really interesting because I've been to Iceland and I recognize some of the places that you visit when you're reading through the stories and Michael is just a wonderful writer. I actually really, really like him. I sent him an email one day just because I found his email when I was looking up the next book and I told him how much I enjoyed his writing and how it wasn't quite as graphic as some of the other guys from Norway that have been writing big fancy books. But Michael still gets the picture apart. He leaves room for your brain to put the picture in place instead of gagging over it while you're reading it. Well, he wrote me back and he said, you know, where are you? And I said, I'm in Petersburg, Alaska on Nitkoff Island. He said, I love maps. I looked you up. I love where you live. Anyway, that was kind of fun, having an actual contact with a writer, or at least maybe his aide or assistant. Then recently I just finished the Shetland series. It's written by Anne Cleves. She's the author of the Vera series also that's on TV, and the Shetland series has been on television too, but the character in the book is nothing like the actor, which kind of disappointed me, but that's okay. It's still a great read. There are eight books in the series, and then a couple extra ones that have just come out recently that I have not read. Oh, I guess I have read. So it starts out with Raven Black, then White Knights, Red Bones, Blue Lightning, Dead Water, Thin Air, Cold Earth, and Wildfire. And then the two I haven't read yet are the kind of small little somethings. It's Offshore, which is a collection of eight short stories, and then Too Good to Be True, another short story. So I'll find those and read them. But Anne Cleves has a interesting, intricate, devious mind, and I really enjoy her writing. She um, has developed a real character that, to me, fits the Scandinavian angst and depression and alcohol problems and all the things we hear about in the Norwegian, Finland, Swedish, Danish, Icelandic countries, even though it is an English person. But that's kind of what I've been up to, and I hope that you enjoy maybe finding some of these and reading them yourself. Like I said, if I can find a series, number one, that has lots of books in it, it's about World War II, it's not too heavy, it's just good entertainment, I'm all for it, and I love it. Anyway, thanks. This has been Sally, reporting from the library side room. Talk to you later. Enjoy. Thank you to Lizzie, Chelsea, and Sally for donating their time to share their favorite reads of 2020 with us. And if you want to look up any of those books, they will all be on our website where we archive this show as a podcast at www.psglib.org. And if you go to today's podcast, um, in the description will be listed all the books that were given here today. So you can look them up easily. 
And thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible, and to Alec and Nicole McMurrin for donating the fabulous music. I hope you have a wonderful week, and please tune in next week at 10.30 for Homegrown Conversations. The library is currently open, so stop on in and pick yourself out a book or a DVD. For your safety, all items are being quarantined before being put back out on the shelf. So stop on in and see if you can find something to read. So if you're on a fishing boat, or if you be towing, maybe get a book online and check it out for free. Oh